know what I think about though? One thing I, I maybe you can provide some insight yeah, on this is I think about the fact that I'm, um, I'm I'm 20 years old or I'm 23. I'm gonna be 23 this year, and uh, I'm probably gonna be on Earth for like another, yeah, God willing, another 50 years. Yeah. You know, another 60 years, and I, I just think about what. Uh, money is going to be worth by then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think about what the world is going to look like. I think about what the United States is going to look like. Um, but I'm curious, like, as a young adult, like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, what should I be doing with my money right now? Oh, good question. What, uh, you know, you you seem to be, you know, savvy with that kind of stuff. I think, you, you know, you kind of know what you're talking about. Just yeah. tell me, what, yeah. what should I be doing? If I, if I start you know, working soon, full-time job, yeah. let's say. Yeah. Should I be investing in a Roth IRA or should I be investing in a 401k for sure. like, what do you prioritize? What I, I saw this the other day was an HSA. Oh yeah. Okay. So can you yep. talk about that? And yeah. is how much should I be putting into that? When should I max it out? Which, when do I stop? Sure. Um, and you know retirement stuff what do i yeah okay that's those are good questions it's funny because i was just setting up my own um, (laughs) benefits and retirement plan stuff this week so um but yeah as a as an accountant i I, i'm not gonna say i'm a personal finance person because i i i'm not but i do know quite a bit about it um i think um, just, just for people who are ignorant or don't, not ignorant, but just don't know. Yeah. Um, ignorant to the, yeah. to how this works. Yeah. But like, you know, you think about retirement and it's like, oh, it's so long down the way. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I've got four years to save for. It's like, well, yeah, but there's a lot of things between now and then that are going to take time and money. And well, it compounds. Exactly. It's like, exactly. it's like if you, if I, I've, I think I heard someone say like you put in, you put in 20 bucks now and in 50 years that 20 bucks is going to be worth like, I don't, I don't even know, but yeah. a fortune. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when it comes to retirement, you know, the, you hear it a lot and I'm just going to echo a lot of other people say, but okay. starting earlier is better mm-hmm. and getting that set up earlier is better. Like I, I know for me, like I'm putting away, you know, like I think $200 a month or, okay. and it's like, it's not much right now. But thinking about, okay, if you get like an interest rate of like eight or nine percent, which the market has for the last hundred years plus, um, and you continue to invest in that and you do that for, you know, 40 years, thinking mm-hmm. about, I don't know the math right off the top of my head, but you're looking at that's going to become, and that continues to compound over itself. Like that's going to become like over a million, two million, three million dollars. And it's like, great. And it's like, it's only $200 a month. Like, that's not that much to be able to take, put away, I feel like. And I think, um, yeah, I think from a business or from a finance perspective, like, um, I, I personally am biased towards a Roth IRA, which is where you take money after you've gotten taxed, like your, your salary or your, Mm -hmm. uh, paycheck every, every two weeks, like you take away money or you put away money after, you get taxed on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's your take home money. I, I, I personally believe that you should use that money to invest because if you put that on a Roth, um, you know, once you take that out in 40 years or something, sure. then you don't get taxed on that entire amount. So okay. you get taxed up front so then you can save on the back end of it. And I think, you know, that's uh, so you're taking the gamble that taxes are going to be higher in 40 years than they are right now. 
Well, yes. And thinking okay. about thinking about this, like, would you rather be taxed on, you know, your paycheck this today and not get taxed on your four million dollar retirement True. account? Or would you rather yeah. you know, not, not be taxed right. on your paycheck today, but be taxed on that four million dollars? No, because you're probably gonna be taxed much higher. Exactly. Amount. Like you'd be in a different bracket. Yeah, and, and thinking about this, like twenty percent of a paycheck of what I don't know, two thousand dollars a week or two weeks is f- what four hundred dollars in tax, versus twenty percent of a four million dollar <laughs> account. It's like yeah. it's a bit more. <laughs> so you say max out the? How do you max it out? Well, I've heard that term. Yeah, before. yeah. So you can only put in a certain amount of money every year into your Roth. Um, and there's also like a phase out window. Um, this is getting really technical tax stuff here, no, but I'm, I'm, um, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> so you you if you make a certain amount every year, like it's what are the new what are the new numbers this year? It's like 125 to 135 a year, um, in, in thousands. Um, okay. You, you there's that phase out window, the ten thousand dollar phase out window, where um, you can only put in so much into your Roth. Um, in that phase out, if you're below that, you can put in, you can put $6,000 every year into your Roth. Um, but if you're above that tax or that, that, uh, that bracket, that bracket, you can't put anything in there anymore. So as an engineer, um, so you can only have, what did you say? $35,000? Well, uh, you, you can, so sorry, I didn't really explain that well. Um, you, so so Anyone? you can put up to six thousand dollars in up to six thousand dollars in your Roth IRA yep, every year. Every year. Yep. When you when your account gets to over the course of like ten years, if your account gets to twenty five thousand dollars, then what? When your when your salary becomes over one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Then you have a phase out window of ten thousand dollars. So if you make one hundred twenty five, two hundred thirty five thousand, you can only put so much. It continues to go down in the amount you can put into your account. Oh, okay. um, it's not what it's not how much you have in your actual account. It's okay. more of what you're getting paid um, oh. to put into it. Um, because the logic is this: that like if you're making that much money every year, like do you really need a Roth account then in that sense? Like you can like you're 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 doing well for yourself in that sense. So like what's salary. the, what, okay. I'm trying to figure out why, it, why it would be wrong that like, why would they not let you? That's a question that <laughs> okay. uh, go, I, I don't know the answer to that. I just right. know the, the rules behind it per se. Um, okay. if I knew the, if I knew the reasoning behind it, I'd be making a lot more money than okay. I am now. But. So you prioritize the Roth IRA. Yep. Now yep. what about, the 401k because that's the the other one right yeah 401k is like the traditional ira which is great and it's not like if your company matches it like go ahead and do that because it's also you're getting Mm -hmm. free money from your company if they're willing to match um and so i think for me like personally i think you know if you have both great i think it wouldn't be bad to have i i think for me i'm gonna I'm going to prioritize my Roth, but if people want to prioritize their 401k, that's a great thing too. And I think just starting, like I said, starting earlier than later mm-hmm. is better. And um, when it comes to the HSA thing, yeah, so it's, uh, it stands for health savings account. Okay. And say, basically how it works is that you are putting in um, non-taxed money into this account that you can use to pay for medical expenses that okay. come up during the year. 
and it's nice because you can take um you can use you can use that non-tax money in a way that helps you with your you know medical expenses and as i know from a taxes point of view um there's there's either you get uh i don't want to i don't want to budget this but there's some other tax impact that happens if you use an hsa account um but it's nice for people who you know I think who are expecting to have medical expenses that are, might be expensive out of pocket, like through the year. And I think to have that opportunity for people is great. Um, mm -hmm. And so when it comes to if how much I should put in there, X yeah. amount, you can only put in like, uh, I think it's like 200 or 2,500 into it um, or okay. something. A something year? Like, a year. Okay. Um, but I think if... And you can only use it because I think, um, I thought I heard... John mm -hmm. Keller telling me yeah. something about he was trying to leverage some of the money that he had in his house save in his HSA yeah. for for like putting a down payment on a house or something. So are yeah. there other ways to leverage that money? Are you aware of? As far as I remember, it's yeah. been a been a minute since I've looked into it too much, but um I believe you can only use it towards like medical expenses. Okay. And so um, which is a little stinky there, but it's, mm -hmm. it, it is what it is, but I know but it's tax free. It so is tax free. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I guess for people who want to, um, I, I don't remember, I think you might be able to use it for other things, but I don't remember the exact ways you can purpose this because there's so many different tax laws and that, but, um, yeah, I know when it comes to, if you're interested in like, you know, putting money into that, think about everyone's everyone's situation is different. Yep. And like, if you personally think that you're going to have a lot of medical expenses come up in the year, like it might not be a bad thing that you have that then yep. or put money into that then. Um, yeah. So it really depends on where you're at. Like, and do you know, can you cash it out? Can you, like, no, you no, can't, you can't cash it out. Okay. So, um, and I believe uh, it's, it's either the actual HSA or there's different, there's, there's, there's a couple different like HSA plans in it, mm. but you, um, I think if you don't use a certain plan, then you lose it at the end of the year too. Oh, um, so you have to be really conscious of that yeah. too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like going to the hospital on purpose, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's nice. I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like if you were going to lose it, I guess, yeah, it is nice because yeah, it's tax free. I'm sure there are a lot of things that fall under the medical yeah. window that you'd be like, okay, well I'm going to use my HSA. I'm, I'm sure there are ways to spend it. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about like a regular like, medical, like or doctor's review or something mm -hmm. like that. And like you have health insurance, something you're still going to have to pay a deductible probably. And you mm -hmm. can use your HSA to pay that for pay for that deductible. So, yeah. and that's not really coming out of pocket then at all. Cause you're yeah. paying for that insurance already. And then you're getting all this money from your HSA account that mm -hmm. you already don't have technically, um, or sure. you're not, you're not taking out of your own pocket per se. So okay. yeah. Yeah. So very, very interesting. Like, I mean, again, I think it, it comes down to like your personal preferences and where you're comfortable with and how much you want to spend out of pocket. And obviously, you know, things come up and there's unforeseen events. That's like, well, you can't really control that, but I think from a financial perspective, like it's not a bad thing to have these different accounts in place for yourself to, you know, have some money that you might um, otherwise spend not irresponsibly, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know. How so? Do you, do you invest at all? I do. I do okay. invest a little bit. I have I have my own um, 
personal account that I do a little bit of investing investing like in um, portfolio. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and I'm assuming you just go through one of the online brokers where you I can do. kind of pick yep. what are you yeah okay gotcha so, I, any recommendations when it comes to that because i know absolutely nothing about sure, that sure um yeah i think um it really depends on like i know for me i'm i'm young i don't mm -hmm. plan to retire for a while so i know a lot of my stocks and a lot of my investments are more aggressive accounts mm -hmm. because aggressive you know, what do you mean aggressive, aggressive in that they have a chance of yielding, yielding higher returns, okay. but also have a chance of, you know, yielding less returns too. Okay. It goes both ways. But I mm -hmm. think, um, for someone that is young, like you still, I think it wouldn't be a bad thing to set up an investment account on your own and thinking mm -hmm. about stocks that, you know, maybe have historically done well, um, or new companies that you think are going to do well in the future. Those are great ones to go into. I know, um, very much of personal investment ideology in that like I'm kind of steering away from brick and mortar stores or companies okay. because I just think it's becoming so digitalized now that you're just you're yeah. not gonna you're, they're gonna keep going downhill I think um but um yeah I, I think like from a investment point point like finding companies that you really believe in and you think are going to do well and then also um, it's not bad to have some risk. I know I have some penny stocks and that's okay. Well, um, I was just going to say, I think I, I, I learned about this, not only in one of my engineer, like supply chain engineering sure. classes, yeah. supply chain logistics, but also in that business class that yeah. I took is, uh, the, this idea of risk pooling and it's like, you can, you can mitigate the amount of, I don't know if you've heard of this, but yeah. you can mitigate the amount of risk, that, um, there is on losing your money on a specific stock by by just pooling together a bunch of stocks that have different, uh, like a, a different standard or a, d a different variance of like, yeah, it's, it's called, uh, diversifying oh, yeah, in that, yeah, um, yeah. you know, if you, if like thinking about all the different companies you can invest into, mm -hmm. like you got like, um, retail, you got it, uh, manufacturing, mm -hmm. you got actual business companies, you got like, you know, medical things. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you can like diversify your risk in one industry by investing in all the different industries. Uh, um, and also um, finding stocks that are more stable, but maybe don't have as much of a high return. Mm -hmm. So kind of balancing out, okay, I want to, I want to put X amount of money into these really risky stocks, but also I want to put X amount of money yeah. into a more safe and stable stock where right. that one probably won't get you as much of a return. But it balances it out a yep, little bit. Yep. Okay. Yep. And right. so, it there's a reason why there's a lot of financial brokers out in the world because mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and effort and just energy to go on to look into these stocks and to look into what's good to go invest into and what ones aren't and um i think personally people should try to get a little bit you know just self-educate themselves a little bit too and that mm -hmm. it's helpful to just kind of have that background too when you're thinking about what's a good way of using money and a way that i can invest well into it and so i think yeah, from a from a accounting or financial perspective, like you know, starting early is mm -hmm. a big thing, and then also finding stocks that are maybe more stable. So I could get into really technical, like looking at like the betas and looking at like your your dividend, your EP, your um, your EPS, and all that stuff. Um, is this all? Are these all metrics that are? Yep. On the was can I ask what? what broker do, or is I, it? I so i use a couple different ones um, oh really? <laughs> i have well some of them are through uh some of them are through uh 
uh, prior jobs and other ones are just through my own personal things. So personally, I use Charles Schwab. Um, mm. And then I have an account with Edward Jones. And I also have an account with Fidelity. Um, so I have three different accounts. And so Edward Jones and Fidelity are more someone else is managing those those investments. Yeah. Um, and then Charles Schwab is more my own personal um adventure so um but yeah so i have those ones and i mean they're all good i don't i don't know i don't they're more the reason why i chose them was more because i didn't really have a choice in it It is that this was the option like all right i'm gonna use this yeah um but um yeah i mean finding one that you like too or that you think is good like i i haven't had any issues with um charles schwab at all so how often do you get around get in there you know log in and then make some changes like how like you see something on you it's like oh tech this this tech company is about to blow up and then you get on and you or how often are you you yeah trading or selling like you day trade at all (laughs) day trade is a little much um i don't i don't do that too much i usually like will change things every quarter or look into i i look at my account probably like a few times a week um okay okay. but i don't change a whole lot for um at least in my own personal one i don't do a lot until like especially uh, this is a whole other can of worms, but just the stock market, it's just, it keeps going down. And I think where the economy is going right now and the recession, it's a, it's, I'm curious to see how far it goes down. Are we um, heading towards a recession? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Oh, it's a, oh yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been, a. <laughs> it's it's been something that people have I mean, and, and again business guy I keep up with the news quite a bit with that sense okay. and um it's something that people were predicting since last year and then I remember them talking about it and yeah. I thought we were already in a recession and then they like changed the definition of what a recession was or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean it's just it's gonna continue to get worse. And okay. You can see that in the stock market. Like it went up a little bit this past Monday and Tuesday because a lot of people were releasing their earnings reports. Um, oh right. Yeah. Because um, the the second quarter ended. Yep, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, but then it just as fast as it went down, it went back up. I was just reading an article about it today, and I was saying that it was just Friday ended all of them Bad down. Day. So um, yeah, it's I, I'm right now. I'm a little hesitant to do a whole lot of personal stuff with it, just because. Well, can, the, this it, is. This is where you don't sell. But yeah, you buy. Right, exactly. You buy low. <laughs> is right. that right? So, or am I wrong? No, no, you're right. You need. You should buy now. And I, I know for me, I'm trying to figure out what ones I should buy low right now. There's, there's a, there's a few companies I'm looking at right now that I think I'm gonna look into a little bit further and see how you know next month or so goes. And I, the other thing is. The big thing about investments is you need to be patient. And I think that's mm. something that as young people, it's hard to do yeah. that. And so, um, cause it's not, it's not just like, it, it's a lifetime. Like yeah. it's, it's supposed to be there for a lifetime. Yep. Right. I would yep. say. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, if you're expecting to see, you know, you're going to buy this one stock and it goes up, you know, a hundred dollars in a day, it's not going to happen Yeah. unless it's, I don't know, something crazy happens, but mm-hmm. you know, realistically it's not going to happen. And so you, you need to, you know, be okay if it goes down mm-hmm. and then be okay if it goes up. Like you can't just be so quick hastily to like doing one thing or another. And so, um, I know for me, like it's okay. Like I have, I have a few stocks that are pretty down and out right now, but I know like I, I got them at good deals and I expect them to go back up in the next five years and five years. It's a long time to think about, but also like, like you were talking about before, like 
right now, you know, a year or two seems like a lot of your life, but you know, when you're 60, 70 years old, it's like, that's not much at all. And so, yep. um, you know, five years down the road, it's like, who knows where that stock will be at. And I know people who have held on to stocks for like 30, 40 years and they maybe put in like, you know, a thousand dollars into it. And now it's worth like a hundred thousand dollars. When do you sell? When, when is when is the situation that it's actually a smart idea to sell? Because we were just talking about being patient. Yep. Stocks go up and down. You really never want to sell when it's low. Yeah. But if if you know when it's high, you probably just want to ride it out and let it grow. And yeah, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot of different situations where scenarios where you could sell. Um, from a tax point of view, if you want to sell, like it'd be a good time to sell if you're looking for a loss. Say you have a lot of gains or capital gains on your book so okay. example of capital gains so if you i i know maybe you're looking to sell your car yep um okay i don't know if you're going to necessarily get a gain from that from what you bought it at but um there's a lot of people who a lot of more wealthy people who like maybe buy like a piece of housing property or something a rental property and they flip it and they have this huge like hundred thousand dollar gain okay and so that's all you're gonna get taxed at a higher tax bracket than what maybe your salary is at um, oh. And so, if you want to go and to mitigate that capital gain, you can you can kind of sell some of your stocks that aren't doing well. Wow! And okay. that loss can counteract that gain that you're getting from that housing. You know, so sale. your capital's you, so you so then your capital gains tax isn't crazy high. Isn't as high, maybe. How how, um, how often do you get taxed for capital gains? Like every, whenever you sell something. Whenever you sell a piece of capital, so you would sell your stocks around the same time that you sell that asset. That well, I mean, you could in the same year, in the same oh, okay. ca- in the calendar same year. year. Um, would, so okay. yeah, because you think about the tax season, it's mm. every year you okay. get taxed. So you can you don't have to do it right around the same time, but that, okay. during that, like say like you you sold your house and you got like a hundred thousand dollar gain in like March, and then come around, you know. November, December, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get taxed on this for this year. Is there anything I can sell that I'm going to sell at a loss that can reduce that gain yep. then? So it, it works like that. And gotcha. so, um, but that's a good time to sell if you're selling at a loss. But I think when you when you get older and when you're thinking about retiring, it's a good time to sell. Hopefully by that point, you did gain a lot or you had a lot of, you, you were able to, you mm-hmm. know, make a good fortune there but um you know that's a good time and i think when the money when the market's hot and when it continues to go up it really comes down to like where you're comfortable with because like you know maybe you're maybe it's you know you, you bought a stock at like ten dollars and now it's trading at a hundred and it's mm-hmm. like um okay well i want to sell it now because i made ninety dollars on it. that's a really good return and it's like well then it comes down to are you okay with not having that? Because a lot of people, and this is where maybe some greed comes into play, is where it's like, well, I'm going to hold on to this longer because I hope it goes up even further. Mm-hmm. Versus it's like, well, you need to sell at some point here because yeah. you're going to know, it. I mean, again, it ebbs and flows, the market ebbs and yeah. flows. But I think um, a good time to sell is whenever you're, you, you need to sell and that yeah. like, you know, something comes up where you need to buy something and yeah. it's like, that's a good time or like, you're getting older and getting close to retirement. It's not okay. a good time to do it. So, yeah. So, yeah. So you'd say 
start investing early in your 401k and your Roth IRA. Yep. That's we've heard that. Yep. That's 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 big. I also think in that you should also and I, I am a really big advocate of this and that you should have some money set aside for um just like an emergency fund. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't know what life's gonna hit you what life's gonna do. And yeah. so have money set aside where if you're out of work or a big medical or some big issue comes up, you have that side to you mm-hmm. know, build that up too because that's important so yeah yeah no i've i've heard like i've heard a lot of people i sometimes i'll listen to dave ramsey yeah, yeah. and uh it's like you'd th- you'd think like oh okay just like a couple grand or something but it's like yeah. nah you probably should have like a, a good fortune set aside like yeah. just in case because you never really know yeah what life's gonna throw at you but yeah. um yeah. A, a good rule of thumb is and, and this is again i'm trying to be a I th- I think of myself as somewhat frugal mm-hmm. in this, but I I try to put away at least like fifteen percent of what I'm getting earning, okay. and I think that's a good rule of thumb. And if you can do more, great. Mm-hmm. If you can't, you know, put away as much as you can yep. in that sense, because yep. it's never a bad thing to save. And I think, yeah, um, a, a very much of a consumerism materialistic market that we live in, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's uh, it's easy to spend a lot, and you know, it's yeah. not. You know, it, you do need to be responsible. And I People think like to indulge, yeah, a little more than they should, I think. Right, but right. yeah, yeah. So, do you yeah. want to uh, jump into our yes, our am I the a hole segment? Yes, let's do it. I think right. it'll be good. Um, so I, I've mentioned two of them to you, and I think go with uh, whatever one you want, whatever okay. one you think is going to be better. Okay, I think. Um, for the sense of what we were talking about with finances, I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> okay, um, all right. <laughs> I'm curious to know your thoughts now, since I've talked so much about it. Yeah. Um, I know I have my own thoughts on it, but so it's, am I the a-ho for wanting to separate my finance from my husband's? Okay. So the story is, um, I've always thought it was normal to spend almost all the money from every paycheck. Everyone in my family does it, and I remember one of the first lessons I got from my mother was when I was a teen and she told me to go ahead and spend my entire first paycheck because you don't know what will happen tomorrow. My husband and I are in the same are in the same in many ways, including our spending habits. We both work full time, make decent money and share finances, but we have less than five hundred dollars saved between us. Let wait, wait. Less than five hundred five hundred dollars saved oh, between Oh my uh, gosh. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, my sister is married to John, who's unlike anybody I've ever met before. I can go on and on about his qualities, but we're here because of my money issues. John <laughs> works in finances, so he's very good with his money. He's a couple years older than me, but owns several commercial and housing rental properties, while my husband and I are still renting because we don't have enough saved for a down payment on a house. Yeah. When when yeah, they five hundred dollars is not going to get you a down payment. <laughs> when they married, he took over my sister's finances and within five years paid off all her debt and increased her savings to almost ten thousand dollars. Boom! Last month, I spoke to her about her first pregnancy and was shocked to learn that she'll be staying home with their child because they're in until they're in preschool. Boom. I asked. How can they afford to do that? And she explained to me, she went into more details about John's financial plan and how he planned for them to retire at 50, have money (laughs) set aside for their children's colleges and travel. Wow. I was speechless afterwards and thought about it for several days. My husband and I, my husband are talking about having kids, yet we can't do anything fun until we get 
our paycheck. I called John and we had a good conversation about our finances. And when I told my husband, he became visibly angry. He thinks it was inappropriate for me to talk to John about our finances, but I argue that is obvious we don't know as much as we as he does mm -hmm. there that argument lasted for days until i told him i wanted to separate our finances if he's not willing to draw up and stick to our financial plan although i said it said it in the heat of the moment i think it's the only path for me to save for our children's future if my husband doesn't want to my husband told his family so they're on me about sticking to our shared finances but they but that's what married because that's what married people do mm -hmm. is stick to their finance, shared finances. The thing is, is, I don't want to go living from pay paycheck to paycheck when there's other options. Yeah, I mean, I would say I think. Well, you you're probably gonna agree with me on a lot of this. I think they're both kind of the the asshole. Um, if if I may, okay. Because I think. I I would agree with the sentiment from the husband's side, like just because you don't like the direction that I want to take our mm -hmm. finances doesn't mean that you just get to threaten that like you're going to take it like, ta you know, separate because yeah, in a marriage like that, you, you really don't want to separate finances. No, no. And it's just not good. I mean, I, I know some people who, who do that and it's really? so, yeah, oh. I, I like, I work with some people who do that and it's just like, it is odd. It's just like, you know, like you, I read this piece from Candace Owens. I don't know if you know. Yeah, who Candace I, Owens yep. She had this piece um, that she wrote on the Daily Wire, and she was talking about how people, like marriages nowadays, they treat finances like they're divorced. Like the anything that has to do with uh, like the kid, they mm -hmm. pay half and half. Yeah. But then it'll be like, well. I pay for the car, you pay the rent or you pay the house. Wow. It's just like, you know, people split stuff up and it, really I think that that just grows resentment and yeah. it's just not, it's not healthy. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're married, you're, you're one and yeah. you should have, it's not your money or my money, it's our money. Yep. And um, also it forces you to, it forces you to make, it forces you to talk about really uncomfortable things. Yeah. It forces you to be more, uh, be less selfish with how you spend your money. Yeah. It like, it just forces you to be better mm -hmm. and, and to become closer. And so, yeah. yeah, when people say that they, they separate their finances, I just, I think it's, I'm just a little shocked that it works out or I'm a yeah. little worried. Like, how are you doing that? So in this case, I mean, I don't think that the answer should be, um, take finances separate. Mm -hmm. I don't blame her for wanting to do that, but I don't think it's the right move. Mm. I, I would say, I, I don't think that it was wrong for her to talk to the other people about yeah. the finances or talk to John or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're, I don't know how, did it say how old they were? Uh, I'm guessing they didn't, they didn't say how old. Younger. I'm, they, I'm guessing they're younger because they're, they, they haven't had a kid yet, but they're, you know, I, yeah, they're married. They're married, so, so. they're pro you know probably yeah. But I, was, let's just say for the sake of it, let's just say like middle to late twenties. Yeah, maybe that's, that's good. I mean, yeah, they should definitely have more money than five hundred dollars <laughs> saved. Like that's that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I would just say to like continue to plead with your husband to like yeah. save more money. I mean, but I I I would say that he's also the asshole. Like, how are you? I think part of being a husband would be being 
a provider and being yeah. like the protector. And it's like, if you are leading your marriage in this way where you're spending all of your money right. and you're not, uh, and you're not more careful about that, then how are you, it doesn't really feel like you're setting your family up that well. Or I think also, I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I mean, like when I was growing up, my mom was kind of in charge of all the finances yeah. and stuff. And I, you know, like if, if it's too much for you, just like hand it off to her and, you know, right. it looks like she's got some motivation and some more direction. Let her handle all yeah. this. Say, okay, we're going to save this much. Okay. Husband, this is how much you have to spend this right. week. All right. Try right. to keep it under that. And then, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What, yeah. Do, what do you think? Well, I have, I, I, I agree. I think like, Five hundred dollars between the two of you, like that's that's nothing, man. Like, what if yeah. something really bad happens? My my big concern is, what are you spending money on? Yeah, if you're not like you said, you're you paying or you're spending all the money to you get your paycheck. Like, what could you be possibly spending your money on that like you 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 need to spend that so much or you need to spend so much? There's a there's some YouTube channel. This guy named Graham something. Graham, I don't know. He's a finance guy, okay. but he he does videos where he reviews what people, uh, like like uh, other people will make videos like this is how much I spend oh, a yeah, week yep. in LA or this yep. is how much I, and uh, and he like will review it and be like, what the heck? Like yeah. you're spending this much on rent? Like what? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, and so that's a big thing. That first I that that I think about first. I think secondly, I think about just like, uh, I, I'm i just baffled by the idea that like, you guys don't save anything. Like, it's something that like, I feel like people should do. But mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think she's the a-hole for going and talking to someone else about no, it. Um, no. I think that's a part, like, I think that's something that, especially if, it seems like your husband's not comfortable talking about that with you. Like you should right. be able to talk about that, especially with a marriage. Like you, you need to, yeah, yeah exactly. You need to. Yeah. And I know one thing I learned or something that I, I found um, was fascinating was one of the leading reasons for divorces is obviously infidelity and stuff, mm -hmm. but also his finances, yeah, um, which is crazy. Um, and so, you know, I, I mean, I hope they stay together, but I, I think like from this point of view, I, 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 I think for me, I see it as you definitely shouldn't separate your finances, especially when you're married. Like, yeah, it's, that's part of being married. Um, <laughs> if you wanted to have your own finances, don't get married so to someone. So. Something's got to change. Though. Yeah. Something's got to oh, break. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't think it's right for you to threaten that on your husband because that's not fair to him. Yeah. Like, I. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I should have used a different word because I think it's also like if you just got done talking to some friends who are real money savvy, right? Mm -hmm. Real yeah. good at it. And then you're looking at yourself like, what are we doing with only $500 in the bank? <laughs> you know, and then, um, and uh, you're like, well, we need to save more and you get the answer. No, mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be hard not to be like, well, I'm, then I'm just going to take my, you know, my finances separate, but what are they, what are the comments? Yeah, there? I'm reading at them right now. Um, <laughs> some of them are funny. Uh, one of them says, not going to lie, but it sounds like John makes a lot more money than you. No amount of clever financial advice can make 50, make 50k and 150k but um another one i think this is really good it says separate finances won't fix the real problem you should not have children with a man who refuses to work on issues 
you work on you will work on being more responsible and he continues the same that will help your family you should become more financially savvy but i'm afraid it will be for you be i will afraid it will be for you being a single person if you stay with your husband and you will have to bail him out you will get resentful um interesting he just yeah and then another one was um but if you stay married to your husband, you're going to be living paycheck to paycheck for the rest of your life. Is that the way you want now that you've seen there are alternatives? And I'm like, that's interesting too. Mm. But um, yeah, there's a lot of longer ones here, but it's just most of them are saying that you need financial counseling, um, <laughs> yeah. which I think is true. That's, um, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I think, okay, final answer for me. I think... Um, I think, yes, you're the asshole for, for threatening to to go, you know, to to pull your your uh, finances yeah. and, and do them separate. Yeah. Also, your husband's a bit of an a hole for not being open to changing and yeah. and to talking about this. So the solution would be stay married, work through it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Get some financial counseling, and. That would be, I think, my solution. Yeah. Start saving some money. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, especially if you think about having kids and stuff, like, yeah, think about that, and maybe bringing that up to your husband would be yeah. a good thing. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think, I, I, I don't think she's the a hole for thinking more, like, more long term when it comes to finances. Yeah, um, I think the way she did it wasn't great. Right. Um, right. I think there's better ways to bring that up to your husband, but I think your husband's definitely probably in the wrong for not wanting to talk about it and also not willing to change. So. And maybe maybe the answer would be a little different if, you know, if it wasn't instantly, you know, well, then right. I'm taking my, yeah. I mean, we don't, th- there's a lot of context. Oh, absolutely. Thing, but, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting stuff though, because I mean, as someone that yeah. is going to get married here soon, you True. need to consider the finance part of it too. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. No. That was, yeah. That was a good one. But yeah. um, okay, Parker. Any uh, any final remarks before we sign off? I don't think so, man. It was great to talk to you today. Yeah. I'm just I'm glad that we were able to sit down and have a good conversation. But otherwise, yeah, it's it good. And I mean, like I said, you know, a lot of issues coming up, but mm-hmm. it's things to think about. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I wish you all the best, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.